a lot of them. Ice on me, I'm popping. Try and get like me. Alrighty, we are live. Um, how's it going, everybody? Happy Friday. Um, welcome to Stick With Your Dreams. This is episode 42 with Anouk Gottlieb, the CEO of Belgian Boys, uh, one of the co-founders. Uh, so excited to be here with you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Super happy to be here. This is my first LinkedIn Live, so very exciting. Epic. Well, first yeah. off, I'm, I'm a diehard fan of your brand and your products. Um, I love the ethos and the mission of bringing, you know, European classics to America to the masses. But just to kind of start off on a high level, you know, Anouk, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? And uh, how did you end up kind of kicking off into the food and beverage industry? Um, long story, but uh, well, basically, it's so I grew up in Antwerp, Belgium, um, and in Belgium, we grew up with so many treats and snacks and waffles and cookies, lots of, you know, Belgium is a small country and we have that influx of countries, cultures that surround us. So we used to take, uh, we used to take a car and be in Amsterdam, we used to take the train and be in Paris. And we, I remember we had that, that luxury of, delicious streets and I remember you know coming to New York driving in New York for four hours you're still in the same state so it was really a different uh, perspective but um, so Greg my husband he's really the entrepreneur at heart he moved to the states and went to Brandeis uh, College here in Boston and when every time he was flying back to, to Europe he was filling up his suitcase and with the treats that he liked and his American friends were like, oh my God, next time you travel, can you bring that caramel one with the chocolate, like getting super specific mm -hmm. about what they wanted him to bring back. And so he's like, well, maybe, maybe there's something here. Um, my background is actually fashion design. And I met Greg on a plane from Belgium to New York uh, when I came here to do an internship in, well, yeah, in, New York <laughs> and um, yeah then the story kind of uh, started from there so really just that inspiration of those like indulgent beautiful treats or really you know amazing sweets and snacks and then coming here and seeing that there just wasn't a lot of optionality or thought or really passion in those types of products um, is that like where, where did you guys even begin so you, you met um, on the plane and then who is like <laughs> Let's let's go do this. Let's go start. Uh. Well, that, that's Greg. He he really is. He's the entrepreneur at heart. He's the visionary. He had this idea. Um, I was helping at night. I was doing. I was working on Fashion Avenue, 42nd Street, and I was doing the logo. I was helping uh, with the packaging, the design, the merchandising. Just really kind of that that feel and that look of the brand. Um, we grew up with animation as part of very, it's very, uh, it's very imprinted in our DNA, Tintin, the Smurfs, they're Belgian. And so we really wanted that to be an aspect. Wait, the Smurfs? I didn't know the Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's we have tons of others, but like Tintin and the Smurfs are like the, the, the most famous one for the America, for America, I want to say. And so, you know, we were like, and, and I think what's, 
what really changed over the years is yes, it, the brand started from that nostalgia that we had for our indulgent treats that we saw our American friends were really enjoying. But over the years, we kind of got that what we do is just make people happy with our treats. You know, when you have that bad and, and life is hard, especially now with COVID, right? Like you have every day all these things that you, you need to think about and, and all these worries in your life. And that waffle or that cookie is just going to make you smile. I, it, it's as simple as that. It's delicious food. It's a trade-off from those legacy brands that have ingredients you can't even read, right? That you don't want to put in your body. And you're not going to feel guilty about having a bunch of boys treats because it's, it's a treat yourself. It's that kind of permissible indulgence. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that's really how it, how it evolved over, over the years, I want to say. I, I love that. And I, I fully agree and feel the same way with, uh, you know, our sweets and treats like it, they frankly, they do make people happy and they don't need to make you feel terrible or have, you know, remorse after you've eaten too many. <laughs> and, you know, isn't it what like better for you is super important and, and it is a lifestyle. And I acknowledge that, uh, you know, even even the way I eat. But I think with COVID, people also started realizing that happy you is so important and that well you know that that self-care and there's just like i deserve some treats right and and that's that's what we bring we just bring that smile that happiness it's we don't take ourselves too seriously you know with with um when march um happened last year and covid hits we started writing on boxes like thank you healthcare workers sending them to to nyu and all the hospitals here in new york and we started getting like letters back emails back people are saying i just came off of a 48 hour shift thank you your waffle was the best thing i had and i'm like thank me what are you thanking me you're saving lives like we're not doctors we're not doing anything but like that's why we do what we do that's what gets us passionate is that that happiness it's you know a happy package of brightness bringing some positivity into our consumers life it's funny because i think back to like my childhood there are certain like snacks or treats that have such a powerful emotion that resonate with me like a dip and dots for example reminds me of being at like an amusement park i don't know if you had dip and dots when you were um, a kid or dunkaroos or fruit roll-ups or a ring pop like i obviously not the healthiest products but just the emotion and the memories and the way that that made you feel as a kid. And, you know, those, I agree. I think the occasion of indulgence is like a ritual that people really appreciate. And so the time and attention that you've put into to your products and brands amplifies that. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's, it's a mix between that nostalgia that you have, that experience that you want, you want to have when you're having a treat and, and the brand that you want to join and, also, yeah, that, that just treat yourself moment. Yeah. Just like an anytime pick me up, because why not? You know, a mom that puts a little Belgian boys in a in a kid's school bus school box, that's gonna be the mom of the cool kid, right? Like I don't wanna give my, my three year old gold gold uh, how do you call like the, the goldfish uh, cracker? Yeah. Like no. He's like I, I want a Belgian boys and like I'm not I'm not lying. Uh, Liam are he's three and a half years old. I am not making this up. He the other day we were in an elevator and he's like hi I'm Liam Belgian boys what's your name? And I'm like okay see like 
it, it really is a part of of our family but it's a part of i think that every family it can be like those little guys on the logo we have not done anything yet with where we're going with them and, and it really speaks to that that family to that consumer that that has become our fans i think you guys are really onto something there for us too um you know we look at the m&m's characters or we look at some of these real you know uh tony the tiger um any of these characters wendy from wendy's like those are really powerful um you know caricatures and embodiments of a brand and i think more and more brands are gonna you know really need to invest and, and push those forward to communicate uh, a mission or a vision to their customers um just, just to, off the back of that i'd love to hear a nuke so you guys you know uh, obviously uh you guys are really passionate about these products what was the first product and how did you guys even start the company or go to market um so we started i want to say not very in the traditional way with one product and so belgium boys is not a cookie brand we're not a waffle brand we don't aim to be a one product brand we are that indulgent brand when you want to indulge you think belgium boys that's where we're going we're creating that household millennial staple for when you want to indulge and so we created an assortment that crosses across several categories really calling that that in, indulgent consumer that, that just wants to join the adventure and it's not only one product it goes beyond the product that we sell we always say it's that experience that oh i've tried this uh because i got it in the office uh that cookie that i got in my box and then now i see them they sell also breakfast oh i know i can trust on the on quality and taste and I became a loyalist of the brand. So that's kind of the thing we've, we've created. It goes beyond just the waffle and the cookie, which is not very, I think, common for, for the beginning brand. That, that, I mean, really impressive and very hard to execute across multiple verticals or product segments. What was your core suite of products that you started with? And how did you go about picking those specific products um, and making sure that you could scale them because I'm sure that, you know, I've noticed it's very artisanal and, you know, they're very thoughtful products. Sometimes I've seen, you know, companies just try and launch a bunch of products, but you guys have been very thoughtful in what you're launching. So what were the core products that you launched? So we're not reinventing the wheel with our products, right? We're just bringing those traditional European trees that we grew up with and putting that modern twist on it, changing it, making it Belgian boys, uh, bringing it to that American palette. The crepes and pancakes, those are personally one of my favorites. They are that breakfast item. They are the everyday, uh, everyday uh, consumption, right? I, we have this, this customer, her name is Susan. She's 92 years old. She eats crepes every single day. Her daughter orders a case of crepes and we're like, oh, another box for mom? Yes, another case for mom. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they started to really live with it. Uh, we had this customer on Instagram the other day. He wrote something, he wrote, oh, I just picked up uh, your crepes at Walmart. This is the best breakfast I've had in 49 years on this planet Earth. Like that's that's what we're looking for. And to go back with, uh, to, the, to the question about the where and how do we decide about product, 
we work with amazing co-packers in Europe. So everything is imported and uh, imported that, that quality standard is something we don't worry about. We have amazing partners and it's state of the art manufacturers and we, well, yeah, we, we drive them a bit crazy with what we want, but we make it different. It does, it's not product that comes, I want to say standard uh, of the line in, in, in Belgium, a waffle is a commodity, right? So it will come in a very standard packaging. We make it different. We bring it to what the U.S. consumer will resonate to. Can you share a little bit about the challenges of producing and manufacturing in Europe or abroad and bringing that in, especially with COVID and this, you know, this, the Suez Canal issue that happened? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've looked at manufacturing products abroad. We don't, but, um, you know, would like to, but I, there have got to be some serious supply chain challenges with doing something like that. So yes and no. I want to say in the beginning, when we started out, we had our first containers on the sea. It was like, oh my God, we got to wake up at 3 a.m. because we're here in the U.S. Um, and everything's produced in, in Europe. So it was like, oh my God, let's wake up. And we were like, I remember FaceTiming with the loading. And over time, it just becomes like part of the supply chain. We have built a supply chain that is ready for scale. Um, for us, it is important right now for our brand that we bring that authenticity, that best quality. And, you know, a Belgian waffle has so many know-how and quality aspects to doing it. We have not yet, we have not found that's in the U.S. Uh, manufactured here. So for us, it is important, but we have that supply chain that's ready for global expansion. And we are not sold globally yet, but when we do, it's just going to be a matter of, okay, instead of bringing it there, we, we go there. So right now, yes, Swiss Canal has affected the whole world. And it's not only Swiss Canal, it's we have containers up in Oakland sitting there for weeks. It is challenging right now, and it's we've we've not yet experienced that. But I am hopeful for the future, and I'm sure you know we're not the only company that is uh, well affected by this. Our partners have been very patient and supportive with us, and in those times we are you know we we are being very transparent if there are any delays but some things are of, are out of your control just like when you work with a co-packer sometimes there's things you can control and i want to say this global logistical crisis is one of them <laughs> yeah and, and look i will say something that is that that i'd like to double click on and that's really exciting is um I just continue to see globalization accelerate faster and faster. Um, more and more brands are manufacturing outside of the States, sometimes in you know South America, sometimes in Canada, sometimes in Europe. And it seems daunting, but I actually know a lot of companies doing it at scale and it's, it's really exciting um, to just know that, wow, there's technology and infrastructure in place that you can supply a, you know, nationwide retail doors with a European factory. Um, that had to have been so much more challenging 20, 30, 50 years ago than it is today. Um, so it's really, really exciting. Yeah, it's, and for us, it's really, it started from it, right? It started from, from home for us, but now it's, yeah, 
it's just that adventure that, that we go on and we are we have amazing partners so that makes it makes it easy we have amazing freight partners we have amazing partners across the board that are truly a, i want to say an extension of, of our team and i think it, it's a people business in the end right and it's all about the people that surround you and if you have that then yeah you're not alone totally totally so to, to, to continue off of that as well um, can you share kind of where was where did you initially launch the product? Was it direct to consumer first? Was it into a few retail doors, uh, natural specialty? How did you even think about launching the brand once you had your products ready to go? So we actually just started DTC in 2020 with the pandemic. Our first, we, we relaunched our website, relaunch, relaunch, relaunch until we figured out what's going on. DTC is the whole world, right? And that's something we're super excited because it has brought that relationship with the customer so much closer. But we have not started anything yet, I want to say, with DTC. Our first paid ad was in May of 2020. Um, so, well, you must know uh, <laughs> what that means, right? We of course. Just not, not scraping the surface yet there. And for, for so we really started B2B, supporting our, uh, working with retail partners, building our brand from there. It's also um, in natural, in specialty, but also in mass now. Um, and at club as well. Um, and, and something we've also enjoyed is, is doing these partnerships that are a bit uh, different to just reach another audience and, and very much a part of, of the brand that we are. Any key learnings that you would share with other founders going into um, that category, like whether it was growing pains, growing too quickly, uh, raising capital, any like, you know, tough experiences that you wish you could, you know, reth rethink or uh, maybe pass on those lessons to other people trying to build businesses in the space? Yeah, so many. I think uh, I learn every. I learn something new every single day, right? And I think you have to be open to that. Um, learn something about yourself. Learn something about your team, about the industry that you're in, about your product that you never knew. Um, but surround yourself by amazing people. You can't do it on your own. And it's all about your team. It's all about partners and yeah, you 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 need to get the support because growing a business not easy and without the support it's you're not going to get there i fully agree and was there any fear in the initial days you know when you were doing this uh you know i'm sure there are people who doubt you skepticism um this is really challenging to succeed at you know very small probability of companies are around two three four years later so uh what how did you deal with that you know initial reaction from some of your friends or counterparts when you were doing this um there's always doubters there's always and there always will be right and i think i think what i've learned over the years is that the no is not it doesn't mean a rejection it doesn't mean you suck in you what you do is completely like a mess it doesn't mean that I say no personally on a daily basis so many times to a lot of people. And it's not because they have a bad business. You know, how many people try to sell you, not try to sell you, they send you, hey, can I move your freight? Or, hey, I have this marketing agency. I'm sure they have an amazing price. You are amazing price for I'm sure it's an amazing marketing agency. And it's not because I say no that 
you have a bad business. It's just, I'm not looking for it right now or something else. And, and I think kind of setting that mindset of receiving a no and when you give a no so many times is the only way that you're going to say, okay, like comes out from here and goes out from there and I'm doing my thing and I want to listen because I want to learn and get that feedback to grow. But at the end of the day, you are the one who takes that advice or that feedback and do what you think is right for your business with it. F fully agree. And I think that what people need to realize is this, this stuff takes time, three, five, 10, 15 yeah. plus years. And in the early days, it might just be like, no, not right now. Or you need to figure out a better product or a merchandising strategy or brand needs to be revisited. Your messaging needs to be revisited. Um, you know, when we first started, we were, we've always been a hundred percent plant-based and, uh, you know, a vegan product and it didn't really resonate five years ago when we were first starting. It was, it was happening, but it wasn't where it is today. It's plant-based is like in the forefront. And so sometimes timing plays into it, but I like to, I agree with what you said. Whenever I hear a no, it's just no, not right now. No, is, is kind of how I see it. Right. And, and not allowing that to affect you. Um, can you share, Anouk, any just hard times that you've been through with the business um, and then how you've kind of pushed through and like what's got you to continue pushing forward with your team uh, during those challenging times? Oh, there were so many challenging times. I mean, we got a container stolen one time, um, really? literally stolen. That was that was a, like kind of FBI, kind of like Greg thought we were in a movie. Someone stole uh, the container. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone stole wow. Like a container, you know, like that huge thing. How do you, where do you put it? It went, it went like from the port and it couldn't get to the warehouse by 6 p.m. So they put it in a lot and somebody bribed the lot guy and there was a lobster container and then there was Belgian boys. They took the wrong one. But for us, that was huge, you know, $100,000 of goods. And we were like, I remember I was in a flight and Greg's like, when you open your phone, don't freak out. And I'm like, what, what, what now, you know? And it's a, it's that okay, let's turn a fire. But yeah, that one, that one was a scary one. And uh, I mean, we've been bootstrapped uh, for all these years. We still are actually. Um, and we, we, every day there's something else that, that you're going to be challenged with. And you can freak out and lose a lot of times about the freak out and be like, oh gosh, like, how do I, how do I deal with this? And that's not going to get you forward. And I think it's taking a step back, looking at it and say, okay, how does this challenge become into an opportunity or how, or well, with a stolen container is different, but um, I think there, there's so many. And I want to say also that mistakes, you know, you got to make them. If you don't, then you're never going to learn. I want to take risks and, and you have to obviously not crazy. You know, you need to be thoughtful, but um I couldn't agree with you more. That's that that's powerful. Um, what about you know with with where you are now? What how do you how does your team envision where Belgian Boys is three five or like you know decades from now? What's what's kind of your team's mission and what do you hope to accomplish with with what you guys are building? So yeah, we and I think I've said it. We have not done anything yet in our mind. We're a team. Uh, so last year we were a team of. Five. This year we grew to a team of 10, 11. Um, I, 
Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing that I have not met four people on our team, which is weird and crazy and COVID, um, but it is it is 2021, right? Um, Belgian Boys is going to be the next minions of the food business. That's how we, that's who we're going to be. We, we, we make people franchise, right? Minions? Yeah, like the minions, you know, like, uh, like that movie. That, that's what we're going to be. We're going to be everywhere in your life. Like we are. That, that's where we're going. But we have not done anything yet. You know, like those in, in the city, you have those tall, tall skyscrapers. So we are still in the foundation phase. We've set that foundation. We have not yet scaled anything of, of this business. And it's an exciting time because our team's super motivated. They are amazing. We have the best people on our team, like literally. Um, and it's 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 amazing to to be able to share that with well getting those reviews back from the customers saying that we did impact their life with happiness i mean we have a bright pink packaging right we we bring that smile and we're excited for what comes next because we have a, we have a few cool things coming this year super exciting um so for, for those who don't know, where can we currently, where should we be looking out for Belgian boys to buy any of your products? And is there anything new that you're launching that you're able to share um, coming up as we head into the summer? So um, we are, it depends where you are in the US, um, but we are in a, a few Whole Foods regions. We are, um, we are in uh, at a few Walmart uh, regions. We are, we launched at Target uh, earlier, earlier this year. Um, we're at, uh, if you're in Texas, we're in Central Market, uh, Utah Harmon, so, and, and lots of uh, smaller um Specialties, uh, specialty uh, grocers on the West Coast, like Nugget Market, uh, Gelson's, um, amazing retail partners, and um, or you can find us on our website as well, um, or on Amazon. Um, so yeah, we, whatever. If you want Belgian boys, you'll find us, or we'll find you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And we're launching, oh my God, that's my husband. Greg's the innovator. He has so much in his mind um, that, that's coming. So, um, but we, we recently launched our, our cookie tarts and they are amazing. Um, the, you're going to see them pop up uh, at, at uh, many places. In the Can Netherlands. I buy them anywhere in LA? Because that sounds amazing. <laughs> in LA. Um, I'll order them online. I'll send you a package easier. <laughs> easier, easier, yeah. But oh, we just we launched our brookie also. Oh my god, it's amazing! It's like a brownie with cookies on top. So listen to this. We launched this. Um, we we tested this product at Sam's Club over the summer in August of last year, and the product was amazing. And we have this customer reaching out to us. He's like, hey, I'm planning my daughter's wedding. Everything's going wrong. But I just got your brookie at Sam's Club. Can I have 200 of them for my daughter's wedding? I'm like, wait, what? And so we got him the 200 brookies. We shipped it. He was like, oh, my God, you're the best. Next thing we know, we get pictures of the bride. She's dancing with brookies. The whole place. But like... That, that's why we do it. Uh, you know, it's so good that something you bought off the chef that you want to treat it to your closest families and friends at your wedding. I mean, we want to be a part of that. And so that's, so yeah, get the brookie. The brookie is at Target right now. 
It's the most exciting thing about this business is the ability to impact millions, potentially billions of people through your, you know, your vessel of, of food. Like it's, it's a rare industry where you can do that. Um, and food's so intimate, right? Like it's, it's a part of everyone's lives. And that's, I love that story. It's fantastic. Um, last thing we'll leave this with, cause I know you're probably super busy. Um, so thanks for making this. You can go on. You can go on. <laughs> if, um, what advice, like a lot of founders, you know, will will watch and tune in. Just you know, the the goal of this show is to just knowledge share and save people time, heartache, mistakes. What advice would you have for any founder or person who's excited about you know building in this space, starting a food and beverage company? Just key lessons that would really help them or improve the probability of success. Okay, I learned, I think it would be to ask for advice. Like that's literally advice. Don't be afraid to just ask people who've been there and who've done that. You will be amazed by how nice people actually are and how much people want to help. Yeah, I think, and I, I, learned, I listened to that. I think it was um, Adam Grant and Esther Perel were having a conversation. They were like, America, they're all about like self-made and I need to do this on my own. And like, how do I... Even at school, like you got to, for a three-year-old, they said like, oh, you need to start learning, uh, teaching Liam the alphabet. I'm like, he's three. What? what? Somebody took Liam's, uh, out of Liam's class because it wasn't, um, it wasn't pedagogic enough. And I'm like, what? Like they're three, but it comes from, from childhood here in the US. And I don't know if they're European, but I tend to think asking for advice is also a skill to say, okay, I have this situation who now can help me to get out of it? Who can give me the best advice to figure out what my next move is? And I reach out to lots of people on a daily basis. Some don't answer, some do, but you'll be surprised, I think, by, um, by, how, by how nice people actually are and you, you're going to be, yeah, it's... It's, it's amazing, those conversations that you can have that just going to help you get through it. One of the best parts of this of the food and beverage industry is how helpful founders are and teams so are, nice. are to one another. Like even this talk, the amount that you've just shared, I'm sure we could go on forever about indulgence and amazing ideas. But um, I, I just every time I, I agree, it's like whenever a founder reaches out to me, two seconds, like I'm going to yeah. ask a question, I'm going to help because people have helped me make, you know, build our company and just get, get, continue moving uh, along on this, on this path. So. Right. And, and don't you feel like if you can have somebody avoid a few mistakes that you made, you will be like super happy about that. Right. It's so. exactly. And, and we're all up against, you know, the largest strategic, you know, corporations who have been dominating this industry. We're all kind of in this together. So it's just a, it's a it's a special dynamic I, I really appreciate about about the space so yeah you know actually what we're doing so we're, we're raising funds right now and actually part of our fundraising is going to be a syndicate of founders supporting founders because i mean we know what we're all going through right and I, no better investor than a founder we have a few founders in our business as well as investors there's no better investor to help you build your company like we all build it we all want to wear each other's t-shirts and it's just a way to officialize it i feel so we i feel super strongly about it couldn't agree with you more couldn't agree with you more 
Oh, well, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> this is amazing. Anouk, you're fantastic. Like, seriously, love, love this. Thanks so much for making the time. Um, everyone, check out Belgian Boys. Um, incredible Thank products. And thanks for sharing your story. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. And send me your address. I'll send you more stuff. The Tars, the Brookie, everything. I'm going to send you ice cream, too. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. Can't wait. Bye. Bye.